Welcome to the Justified Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Justified City Prime Evil on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 1, Episode 1, City Prime Evil, and Season 1, Episode 2, The Oklahoma Wild Man. Uh, season 1 might be a misnomer. I think this is a limited series. But you never know. You never know. Uh, so, Aaron, first two episodes of this show, how are you feeling about it so far? I really like it. Um, I think that they did a smart job casting Boyd Holbrook as this Clement Manziel guy because oh, he's bringing yeah. a lot of that kind of like su- the the Southern fried. I mean, I guess he's from Detroit, but he's clearly from the rural parts of Michigan. He's the um, Oklahoma wild man. And he's Oklahoma he's, wild man. Yeah. So you've got that kind of like draw. I mean, it's uh, I don't think he's exactly a Boyd Crowder, but he's right. in that. He's in that category of antagonist, and he really pushes Raylan's buttons. Um, I think it's interesting to see an older, little more cautious Raylan. Um, at least for the first, for, for most of the episodes, he's kind of like running the gear, da- you know, and he's got his daughter there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we also saw a flash of the old Raylan. The it, I, I think it's interesting that they did two of these episodes at once because I think mm-hmm. that if they did the first one, there'd be a lot of people complaining about like why isn't Raylan doing cool shit or whatever. But like, yeah, you get this this that he's it's been a struggle to keep kind of keep that stuff uh, locked away. I like the supporting cast. Um, you know, I thought that um, God, who was the uh, Victor Williams? I guess is the guy that plays Wendell Robinson. Hmm. Okay, his, his um, partner in this case. I like, you know, I, I like him a lot. I like the, I guess it's Marin Ireland that plays the Mo, Mo Downey, the other uh, uh, agent that's investigating. Um, I, I, I find, yeah, like I said, I, the, the two antagonists, the Clem and Sandy, I find very appealing, even though clearly this Clem guy is a really bad dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm very intrigued with what's going on between Sweetie and Carolyn. You know, like mm-hmm. what, how, the, what, they're they're effortlessly building this like the same kind of steeped history that they have in this one particular part of Detroit that I think that they did with Harlan. And that was one of my big questions: is what would this feel like? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few criticisms that we'll probably get into, but I overall like this feels like I'm watching Justified again, and it feels like having an old friend stop by. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm very much enjoying it in that justified mode that I did uh, the original series, and it, uh, in large part, I think comes down to obviously Timothy Oliphant as Raylan and Boyd Holbrook as Clement. I, I think you need somebody who can measure up to Walton Goggins as Boyd Crowder in the original series, and I thought that was a, a very high bar to clear. I still think it's a high bar to clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boyd Holbrook is doing it, man. I I I am instantly drawn to and yet repulsed by Clement Manziel. And I that is what this show needs. If it needs anything, it needs Raylan Givens to be, you know, the badass, uh, cool, calm, collected, and also <laughs> very feisty at times guy. And then it needs a great villain opposite him. And I think they nailed that. Yeah, you put a, a dry villain with not enough sauce against Raylan, and it just does it just doesn't work. And yeah. I think I think they really got something here. This is this is mm-hmm. working because because like I said, like um, Boyd is one of the villains that like you. He's a terrible guy, 
but you're always kind of rooting for him to be better because you could see a version of mm-hmm. him where he could be a guy like Raylan that could do good in the world, um, but he just could never get out of his own way, could never escape the kind of Harlan, his family. Mm-hmm. And like you feel the kind of same way about this guy. Is like he seems like he's so much fun right up until he's not. Mm-hmm. And you see why Sandy likes him, see like Sweet, but you also see why they're terrified of him too. And he gets you to do things you don't want to do, right? I mean, Sandy's being manipulated by him just like a Boyd would manipulate everyone around him. Remarkably well-realized villain in one episode. Like yeah. you, like from the introduction of him stealing the car, carjacking the the deer hunter's car to the insane shit that goes down with the judge, which that's another one. Like I was really mm-hmm. kind of settling into judge guy here. I'm like, oh, there's another, like a judge, yeah, judge Reardon David, guy. Man. And Keith David is having maximum Ugh. fun doing it. I'm like, this is exactly the kind of colorful character you need and things like Justified. Of course, mm-hmm. he doesn't make it through the two episodes, but it's yeah, they haven't lost a touch. They and then again, yeah. it's 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 it makes a lot of sense because this is an Elmore Leonard novel, and these people feel like recognizably Elmore Leonard characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are fully realized. They are going to feel inhabited, and that's that's great. I'm with you. So, so far, so good. I am really enjoying the show. Uh, I think we should just get into talking about it because I do have a lot of stuff to say about these episodes and there's a lot of stuff to cover. One other thing I want to throw out there before we do Uh is like, I just said this is based on a book, Justified City Primeval. I'm sure a lot of people have read it. Uh, We are a show first podcast. We're not going to talk about book spoilers. So if people do have speculation or stuff, inform, because I know this isn't a Raylan Gibbons novel. This is a novel that had a protagonectomy where they just deleted the hero and inserted <laughs> transplanted Rayland in into the, the the chest cavity of the novel, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you can probably you know there's there's a certain amount of mysteries and stuff this is setting up that you probably know enough to solve. So like let's let's let us uh, ignorant non book readers sleuth that out if you do have that city primeval knowledge, I'd appreciate it. Sure. There ain't nothing in life that ever comes for free. That's why we have an ad break. getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints... Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. 
the thrills of King's Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. For Prestige, me and Aaron are still extending our Shogun Afterglow with part three of our discussion of the 1980s TV miniseries. Last week absolutely shocked our sensibilities with Lord Toronaga doing the tango. What delights and horrors will await us this week? Then for Pulp, this Friday join us for our latest prep session for House of the Dragon Season 2 as we take another look at the key differences between the text of Fire and Blood the on-screen action for season one and what they mean for the characters, story, and setting. Get your Valerian steel sharpened for the new season. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Home is wherever the podcast takes me. Welcome back to the Justified Podcast. All right, we start off the show with uh, Raylan in the Everglades, and he's with his daughter. They're driving apparently to camp. It seems like it's uh, a little bit of punishment for his daughter because they talk about how she broke a girl's nose. That might be why she's going to camp here. Um, And then they're run off the road by a truck, and the two guys in it try to jack Raylan, but, you know, that's a bad idea. (laughs) They don't know what they stepped in here. And, And I find that's true of, like, a lot of stuff that happens in these two episodes and in justified as a whole is people get in over their heads unknowingly. These two Mm -hmm. guys did it. I think Clement will do it later, right? Like he kills this judge, not really knowing who the hell this guy is. He's just, that's what he does. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It's another Elmore Leonard hallmark. These kind of like Mm -hmm. strange crossings of fate. Um, you know, these, these independent threads that kind of weave together. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, I I like that too. Is like that uh, there's the there's the, some of these people you can tell are not very good at crime, and yep. just watching them like break against the cliffs of Rayland is is always uh, <laughs> is, is always entertaining. All right, my my biggest question is, as far as characters go, is how much am I going to warm up to Rayland's daughter? Because I am not certain about this performance. She's supposed to be 15. We find out. I, she's Raylan's daughter and I remember at the end of Justified Raylan being very like soft with his daughter I I get the impression that Raylan has never said no to this girl yes and she acts like it she from the voice to the way she does not listen to him to the mannerisms everything acts like a spoiled child and and I'm it grates on me a little bit, but we'll see how it how it goes. I I'm definitely warming up to her more as we get to know her more um, and see her in more scenes. But boy, this first one was a little tough for me. Yeah, I mean uh, Vivian Oliphant is Timothy's daughter, and I think she's fine. I think she takes direction well because if she didn't, she'd be probably bad. Because the thing is, is she's green. I was reading an interview with Timothy yeah, Oliphant where he's talking about that, like they didn't really try to push her in fact they didn't they didn't allow her to get into acting 
until she was an adult. So she didn't, you know, she did like some school productions in high school and she got more into music kind of production and singing. Um, but okay. this is kind of like her first kind of real deal acting and it shows it shows like you're you know this is like uh, I don't think she's any worse than like Orlando Bloom was in Lord of the Rings <laughs> sure. uh, he's that. kind of borderline awful in some of those scenes but the kid he's like 18 years old that's like literally the, the, the uh-huh. first first movie roles to be flown around the world and be in the Lord of the Rings holy shit mm-hmm. um, but I think she takes direction well and she does all she does all right but clearly like this like you know when you got a show that had Caitlin Deaver on it uh, sure. as Loretta was Loretta uh, McCready I can't remember her name but like mm-hmm. this is not that that's that is like yeah, next yeah. level kid performance and you're just not gonna do that but I think she a lot of people say it's like oh she's so spoiled or oh she doesn't listen I can't believe Raylan raised someone so stupid she's no, stubborn she's stupid yeah she's not stupid and no. she's acting out and she's rebelling and if you don't think that Raylan did the Harlan equivalent to this shit with his dad and mom and aunt you're uh-huh. out of your fucking mind it, you first think and foremost she's Raylan's daughter right and that's like yeah. I'm like if you think Raylan stays where it put with his dad would go off for days on end like you're out of your fucking mind if you think Raylan yep. is uh you know, going to snap to anytime his dad says you know he's got an opportunity to the the twist his dad's nuts into a bind and annoy him um I yeah I I thought she like as written she plays really well and the people that <laughs> I I, yep. I feel like the people that are complaining about it are going to have a rude awakening when they get teenagers because it seems like <laughs> it seems uh, like they're under a theory that they can they can just like if you parent a certain way that you can overcome all the genetic legacy and all the bullshit that you brought to the table and your kids are going to be a no you're probably going to deal with miniature versions of you so try to feel like try to take that in psychologically and yeah the other thing is like it's very clear that despite the trajectory he was on at the end of justified that Raylan has been kind of a shitty dad like and i think he's reaping that stuff too because the yeah right does not read like he's just like no that i would call him a shitty dad i would call him he, he he maybe gives her too much leash how often do you on. think he I don't think uh, like how often do you think he sees Willa because I don't think he sees her like every week every other week even it's more of like maybe summer vacation uh, uh, like my wife I is like my wife get is a good going... indication of that I, I don't know the way they leave it in the end of the series he very much wants to be I know he wants to, to be but Raylan wants no to be good husband that wasn't true Raylan wants to be a good husband uh-huh. a good marshal a good dad a and good the stars fr- just how... never align how but, often is he able to do those things? Well, well, that's an open question. I think I don't think I'm ready to say that he has not been there for her or well, let me say in her life. What did Willa way. mean when she says, "Why can't I just stay with you?" Because to me, mm-hmm. this sets up a like I'm staying primarily with my mom, and the only reason I'm seeing you is because my mom's on vacation, and I got to go to this girls' school for wayward child, you know, beating up girls' youth. Uh, uh-huh. And I feel like that, like that that like why can't i stay with you is like you know why can't i be a bigger part in your life and then she get mm. to get rear-ended to d- demonstrate why it'd be a terrible idea for Raylan to have kids because that's uh, of a course, yeah, deal yeah. he either has to decide that he's going to take the big chair like art go mm. to glencoe to teach or be a wild man chasing bad guys the rest of life and he can't be a good dad can't be a good husband that way and mm-hmm. I, I i i thought i thought it's pretty obvious they're telling a story of Raylan not living up to the promises that he was making to people at the end of the final season and I think that mm. that's not what I wanted for Rayland 
but it tracks and it also makes a lot of sense of why his daughter is seen as like a spoiled brat or why he feels like he can't say no even though she's pushing him always mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like like ordering you know all the food in the hotel just to kind of like get a rise out of him you know putting you know not not doing the court decorum like she knows it's not right to laugh in a fucking federal court but she does it anyway because that's what yeah. Raylan would do when he was a kid and his dad told him something was really important to be respectful of so maybe I missed something but I yeah I'm not prepared to say that he has not been in her life in a significant way uh, I'm not saying and, he's and, a deadbeat well, I think this, he's this paying child support be... and, and seeing her at holidays and birthdays and stuff. I don't think he lives like they're not co-parenting anywhere near 50-50 okay I'll, I'll respect that's your headcanon Uh I I might have missed something because I was only able to watch these episodes once because boy they just kind of dropped two episodes seemingly out of nowhere I never heard that this was going to be a two episode premiere so I did not have time to watch four hours of television but it's not one of those things where like we're hip deep in the middle of foundation Star Trek and like exactly yeah there's we, a lot we, on our plates we were, and so we were I apologize if I missed something but yeah. I was only able to watch these episodes one time and taking notes during that might have distracted me Okay. Um, well, I got the like I said, I got the the traditional uh, multiple watches in, and that's the that's the, and, and maybe you said the word headcanon because like again, they haven't come out and said you no, know exactly no. what the parenting range, but these are just things I've inferred, and also like why Raylan and her have such an antagonistic, not an openly antagonistic, but an antagonistic parent, uh, a parent to child relationship. To me, it just felt like Raylan's trying to parent Raylan, and that's not a great recipe right <laughs> like right. she no matter how much time he spends with her no matter how good of a father he is and present she might just be a little Raylan which is impossible to but the thing corral. is it's like I don't think there's a way to effectively parent a child when they're 15 and you say we're going to go on a road trip after you've had this like you know uh, I, I, after I failed to get you to the camp that you're supposed to go to as your last resort and oh, by the mm-hmm. way, I'm going to get caught into the police shit that I always do, and you're going to be stuck here at a hotel in a strange city. Like, yeah, there's I an implication there. That this is not. I, I guess you could extrapolate and say maybe this is not the first time that's happened in 15 years, right, or in 10 yeah. years, or, or the, the fact that it's happening at all just sucks for like that 15 year old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, imagine how sad this series would be if, for like, let's say this case takes two weeks. Mm-hmm. This, she just sits in a hotel room for two weeks and just stays there, never goes anywhere. <laughs> like I would yeah, be worried about the child in the other happen. direction. So again, she's Raylan fucking Givens' daughter. The fact that she's not going to do what she's told and stay put yeah. is, I think, a given. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I, I saw a lot of people hating, hating, hating Willa and the the performance. And uh, I, I like I said, it's she's great it on me. I don't think she's bad, uh, and I think a lot of the kind of awkward teenage stuff works with like a slightly awkward performance. Well, and a lot of this uh, kind of annoying spoiled kid stuff is front loaded here. And then as we see her in subsequent scenes, we see that mm. she's not just an annoying spoiled kid. She's also very street smart. She's also like very capable in her own right. Um, but I think we're going to see more of that coming up true but i also think we're probably fooling ourselves if we think that seeing her dad beat the piss out of a felon Mm -hmm. is going to scare her to some kind of obedient submissive pliable version of herself because again that's not that's not as that's that's not who she is um i will say the other thing is like i think because she is timothy elephant's uh daughter 
I think she plays like a really good mix between uh, Raylan and Winona. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that is a plausible human being that would have popped out of these two. Yeah, I could see it. Good cast. Yeah, good casting. She, yeah. As, as what she daughter. got from her mother is she seems to like bad boys. Uh, she there, there's a look on her face when they're when she's looking at these dudes who are jacking their car or whatever they're trying to do to Raylan that makes me think she's kind of into this. She's like, oh, really? more intrigued than scared. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, but I, I don't think it was into the bat. It's more of like being excited to see your dad in action. Well, the, the, I guess the reason the I read it is the bad boy stuff is because later she's taken in by Clement, who's just like chatting her up, and clearly he does not look like a dude who's all straight think she's right? Like, a, But is she into it, or is like because like she thinks that he is a marshal buddy of his dad telling a bunch of old marshal and i think that's attractive mm-hmm. to her that like yeah, she wants to know be. more about her dad and but i didn't get to like oh god i just love fucking danger um i don't with her walking through all the fucking abandoned warehouses and going down the streets scamming scammers like i i don't know there's a darker element to her i think that we that's railing shit though that we see that's, that's railing oh, yeah. shit for sure and then right. she's unsupervised. Anyway, we, she's she's unattended minor. What the fuck is she? She's going to get into trouble. That's why you attend them. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. All right. We go 37 miles outside of Detroit and a guy pulls up to a gas pump, steals a car and he drives to the city singing white stripes. Uh, this is Clement. We'll come to know later, but good introduction for him. This will not be the last car that he steals by a long shot. He loves to steal cars. I think that's his thing. He loves cars, loves stealing <laughs> two great flavors that go great together yeah it's interesting because he's very entitled like he's you know and you find out more about why this is but this guy feels like he just can't be caught mm-hmm. he'll never be brought like he is a guy who is a young fairly powerful person who just gets away with shit and has never been brought to account so like mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's kind of like a story of him getting maybe a little lazy and brazen like this mm-hmm. this is obviously unless I don't know maybe uh, maybe uh Maybe Raylan gets shot and killed, and the wild man makes it off into Oklahoma all right. But I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's about to meet his Waterloo. Probably. But, and But but you can see how, like, kind of, like, sloppy and impulsive that he's getting. And because he just mm-hmm. feels like, yeah, he's he's untouchable. Yeah, and that's a dangerous combination, right? Yeah. Uh, then we go to Detroit, Michigan, where Keith David, Judge Guy, as we'll find out, uh, tries to start his new electric car and it blows up in his driveway. I I think which is just a feature of electric cars, right? Are we sure this <laughs> yeah. was a hit attempt? He didn't pay his thousand uh, dollar non exploding <laughs> mm-hmm. lease uh, with Cadillac. Yeah, yeah, that's where they I get kid. you. I love electric cars. Uh, in the future. <laughs> So apparently he's a judge in the Third Circuit Judicial Court, and he goes in for a case where he refuses to be scared off by racists with bombs, as he says, and Raylan's called to the stand over this arrest that he made in Florida, and it turns out that the offenders had warrants in Michigan, so that's where they're being tried, and they ask if he drove them straight to the courthouse. Uh, He didn't, and the defense kind of zeroes in on that inappropriate behavior, and he and his daughter both displays more inappropriate behavior in the courtroom. So the judge has the Florida charges dropped on these guys and sends Raylan and his daughter off with the bailiff to be arrested. And that's like, uh, this scene is my rebuttal to anyone that's like really hating Willa 
Because, like, there's not a damn thing you can say about Willow that you couldn't say about Raylan in this scene. He's being oh, yeah. stupid. He should mm-hmm. know better, and he's doing it anyway. And it's not that he's dumb. Hmm. It's just he just can't abide. Yep. He can't sit back and listen to this judge say a bunch of stupid shit and, you know, call him a racist. And and uh, he's, he's going he's gonna to say something about it. And, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, again, like, yeah, he's, she's Raylan's <laughs> daughter. The judge asks, are you going to shut your mouth or am I going to have to? And we know the answer to that mm-hmm. before Raylan mm-hmm. even turns to him. Right. And even like what he said about like, do you I wonder if uh, the question on your mind is, are you surprised that someone made an attempt on your life? or doesn't happen more often. That is not hard to interpret as a threat. That's some yeah. shit that you say to like some shit kicker in Harlan County, not to mm-hmm. a federal fucking judge in his court, in his own courtroom. Uh huh. And they do, they, man, Keith David does so much great characterization. Like, I love the way he cuts off his own bailiff. Like, his bailiff is in the all rise, mm-hmm. honorable blah, and he's uh, and he just gavels in the middle. Hey. He's like, oh, yup. Uh, <laughs> I really like the montage of Detroit that they open the sequence with, where, like, you have the industrial center, and then you go to see, you start to see stuff decay, and then go to houses, and, like, burnt out houses, and then you go to, like, slightly nicer areas, and then you get to the stone mansion, and you find, you end up on keith david's like fucking castle with like Mm -hmm. and i get that federal judges do all right but they're definitely starting to tell the story of this guy doing a little better than he should be doing yeah for sure that is an old stone mansion uh that's a that's 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 a that's an expensive house for for a civil servant to be maintaining Mm -hmm. i forgot to mention it was a cadillac that blew up in his driveway that'll be semi-important later (laughs) shitty cgi on that by the way that was some fake ass oh, yeah 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 that that's some uh that's 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 some rough rough explode because obviously not blowing up a cadillac for the show but uh yeah yeah the burnt out cadillac is really really uh like cg you know to- circa toy story one era wow modeling yeah it's bad it's, right. it's bad uh, so Raylan and his daughter are bounced from their cell by the chief of police in Detroit and Raylan is introduced to Wendell Robinson his new partner on a task force to figure out who tried to kill Judge Keith David uh, Judge Guy Raylan objects uh, he doesn't want to do this but it's no use and they're thinking ah you crack the case in 24 hours and go home no problem this detective Robinson first name Wendell I really mm-hmm. like him is this a wire reference because I got such bunk, yeah, yeah, me vibes too. off this guy, and he's played by Wendell Pierce. Uh huh. And there we have Wendell. I, I felt like there was more than a little nod to this character, to, to to Bunk's character from The Wire in this guy's performance. Could be, could be. But yeah, I like him too. Uh, not not for any real reason yet. I have we haven't seen him do much of anything. No, but, but he's he's giving those Tim Rachel vibes where like he's he sees Raylan he does not like Raylan but he also sees the bullshit uh-huh. like he, he smells it a long way off and you know is like not going to take him too seriously mm-hmm. uh, then we go over to the car thief Clement he goes to the casino he meets with the waitress Sandy convinces her to leave her job early to go bang and they do it in the suite of some high roller Albanian named Del Weems. Um, so Del Weems is a so she's got a bunch of scams she's running on dudes. Del Weems is a crypto Bitcoin millionaire. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, the Skinder guy, is the Albanian hot dog. He's the magnate. Albanian. 
Okay, I thought so he, he like while while Dell is on a is, is is on business in Europe, she's staying mm-hmm. at his house and she's working on the next mark. Yeah, right. They, and, they talk about the robbery that they plan to steal money from Skinder, this hot dog guy. Who I guess and they is cast the this uh, Adelaide Clemens as Sandy Stanton. She's every bit the equal of Boyd Holbrook, where this girl could get away with so much because she's so fucking appealing. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's got this casino job where she's you know casing high rollers all the time and just just, just and then just rolling them high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. They're they're a lot of fun to watch, and I felt very sorry for her because she seems like you know um, Mo says about the uh, the judge's assistant that gets killed later that you know she's a good kid made a few bad mistakes. I feel like yeah, her meeting uh, Clem was like the worst thing that ever happened to her. Yeah, it's pretty clear that she's being manipulated by him left and right, and but, but she's extremely, extremely likable despite doing mm-hmm. you know catting around doing shitty stuff the whole episode. Uh, I really love Clement kind of lamenting the death of the low tech robbery. I guess like he talks about how he mugged a guy the other day. And the guy had no cash asked if he could Venmo him the money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people just don't carry cash anymore. How are That's you? That's what my ass would do. It's like, I'll give you these point. credit cards, but they'll be canceled within 30 minutes of you letting me go. And I could Venmo you, I guess. But uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah. I mean, aside from like taking someone to the ATM and saying, withdraw your shit, what are you going to do? But then you got to stick around the, the scene too long. There's something really thematic about, you know, the fact that he is just delusional about his success of like this guy butt naked staring at the floor to seal was floor to seal floor to ceiling windows of a flat that he doesn't own mm-hmm. and procro- proclaiming himself king. You know, yeah. like I'm the king of the fuck, but like you are you, none of these accomplishments are yours. And if it That's wasn't for Sandy, it's an open glory. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it just shows like uh, his his state of delusion at this part of the episode that he thinks that he is on the cusp of something big, and he is. Yeah, but his whole lifestyle is dying, right? Is is the juxtaposition there? Right, right. Yeah, it's getting it's harder interesting. and harder to to score the way that he used to. Mm-hmm. And then we go over to Armada, Michigan, which is oh, wait, very. We, rural. We, this is this is where we get hit with the title card. Uh. I'm a little disappointed that we don't get a proper credit sequence in the new Justified. I don't know if we had to do okay. the gangster grass. Uh, like I do something like I, I, I always loved the Justified credits. I always particularly loved that song. And mm-hmm. me too. Yeah, it's kind of it was kind of like, yeah, we're just getting a five second little ditty with the, the gritty logo now. huh? It's the way things are going, man. So looking forward I, to I feel like the, Star Trek and Foundation are the holdouts right now. Yeah, I honestly, like, I feel like all they had to do is have Raylan walk the same path that Willow walks in episode two, and there's your credit sequence. He's a gangster grass back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we're over in Armada, Michigan. It's very rural out there. The cops are surveilling this house that they got as a tip from the Wolverine militia, apparently. Some real douchebag of a cop seems like he's trying to show off in front of Raylan. This is how we do it in Detroit. Uh, so they move on the house, find a bunch of bomb-making shit. Raylan finds a trap door on the floor leading to a tunnel. And we'll kind of get to that here in a second. Um, this guy sucks. Uh, 
I don't know if he's going to be a recurring Brill. character. I assume. Is that his name? Yeah. I just called him Douche Cop because that's what he is. Uh, he seems more concerned with looking tough than doing good work. Uh, mm. And that's demonstrated by them coming up with the fucking ram to the front door about to blast it open. Raylan goes, hold on, leans over and just opens the unlocked door. Yeah, and the guy's like, we'll show you how to get things done in Detroit, but you're not in Detroit, you're in Armada. You know? Sure, sure. And I guess that's, I never, when I thought about like, what is Raylan going to look like in Detroit, I, you often forget that you can get to Harlan County from any U.S. city by just driving out of it for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely seeing, you know, these uh, these Wolverine militiamen, these the 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 Clems. Like you're definitely getting that uh, that that Harlan County feel. Um, even this location, yeah. like this felt this felt exactly like him busting some, you know, meth house in in Harlan, right? Yeah, for sure. Right down to the tunnel they find, and he's just like things that occur to you when you grow up in a mining town. Such a funny, such a funny nice. reading. And they also yeah. just have this brill. It's like, because Mar- uh, Raylan's clearly in charge. It's the whole reason he's here. And the cops come up, say, who's in charge? And brill, they both say, I am. And then Raylan, mm-hmm. who hates being in charge, is like, sure, buddy. Yeah, you're in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're showing things that you get things done in Detroit. And, you know, you can uh, when you're in the country, you can do things a little bit differently. But this guy, this guy's just just too much. Yeah. Real piece of shit. Uh, Did we so get the to cops, the dog scene? The the fucking we're about to, uh, yeah. Okay. Cops go into the tunnel. Uh, two guys see him coming and make a run for it on their dirt bikes. One of the bikes breaks down, and the cops catch that guy. The other one gets away. Um, and the one that they do catch says it's personal with the attempted murder of the judge. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, how you feel about police dogs? Uh, I don't like them. They're look. I they're kind of non-lethal. I mean, they are non-lethal, but they're very painful and intentionally so. I mean, the, the especially the way this guy uses them. The only reason he sticks this dog on him is to cause this guy pain. No, They've they feel like the guy. they feel like terror weapons, and I don't yeah. understand why. Because like, if they're not if they're not uh, chewing on some dude's leg that may or may not deserve it, but I don't know if you know the whole point is to let people make those decisions in the field but also like when they're just sniffing they're violating their rights and doing but so i i i'm like the this as soon as i saw this guy so excited like to mm. get this dog up this guy that they've treed who you know like what the hell is he going to do he's up a tree yeah like no you caught him already he's right. all but in so you're, you're you're torturing information out of him like this guy brags about it. like this guy's just a shit cop uh-huh. and god i hope I hope he reaps some kind of consequence yeah. for the, the 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 all the shit that he's sowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the defense attorney that we saw earlier when Raylan was in the courtroom, named uh, Carolyn, goes to a bar where she meets Wilder. with yeah Carolyn Wilder. She goes to a bar where she meets with uh, Jamal, which I get is like a former partner slash. Maybe romantic interest. Uh, it's. I think it's I'm explicitly her ex-husband, because she's oh, paying him it? alimony. Yeah, pay him. Oh, she paying right. her him alimony. alimony. Yeah. Um. He talks about what he lost, seemingly for committing fraud, and he tries to get money out of her by threatening her with what they might find out about her if the creditors start digging around into his finances. Um. 
and then he leaves and Marcus the the bartender who we're going to call Sweetie from now on uh, gives her some money and payment for helping Tyrone which was the kid who got arrested in Florida for trying to jack Raylan's car um, and then they get a call yeah and uh, their relationship here is like she, he's apparently watched over her for a lifetime so she's been he's been some kind of guardian that she feels like she owes mm-hmm. um, and this is like some of the these are the entanglements to pay attention to um, yeah they're starting to paint a picture of who this person is she's a defense attorney she cares about her clients but she's also wrapped up in some shit that she might like, rather not be so my so here's the I think of the backstory, which we'll see mm-hmm. if I'm right or not. But it feels like her and her husband were both very community involved, kind of crusading, pub, you know, uh, defender uh, uh, lawyers, giving back to the community, and somehow he defrauded the community at large, uh, probably stealing from some kind of um, you know not for profit they set up or some kind of charity, and from mm-hmm. her particularly. And has so encumbered her that she's had to do some dirty shit to kind of keep one step ahead of the the creditor, or maybe maybe to do the good that, that they got in bed with the, the wrong people. But somehow this has got to connect yeah. to the corruption of Judge Guy at some point. I was gonna say maybe there were some payments made to Judge Guy uh, on some important cases. It's like Judge Guy is the guy keeping track of, but like he's got a fucking ledger mm-hmm. going. Um, yeah, yeah, he's taking yeah, a lot but, of payments. But I, I think that, uh, and I, I wonder like what point part her ex-husband will play because it seems like they're positioning him like um, Winona's ex-husband, the real estate agent who it's like this, like, you know, couldn't we leave, he's successful but couldn't leave well enough alone and got some financing from shady places and just continually entangled mm-hmm. her and embroiled her in more and more shit because now he's essentially shaking her down, you know? Yeah. Like, if you don't help me out with my debts, then they're going to start poking around her finances and... Yeah, when he's so, wearing Gucci shoes, right? Right, but Clearly I feel like this guy's going to be all this on his debt. Yeah, I feel like this guy's going to have uh, Clem's gun held to his temple by episode six or so, and is going to cause a giant shitstorm. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We got to get out of this time alive. We'll be right back. Madman and father of Mad Max, George Miller, is back with another apocalyptic tale from the Australian wastelands. This time we're getting a prequel featuring the origin story of Charlize Theron's character Furiosa, starring the Queen's Gambit's Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role, and the mighty Thor Chris Hemsworth as the warlord Dr. Dementis. Furiosa promises more high-octane, slightly radioactive action and fun. Furiosa drives in the theaters on May 24th, and we'll have our spoiler-free thoughts and impressions of the film, as well as a discussion of trailers and upcoming movies for everyone. But if you want to ride with us the full length of the podcast on the eternal highways of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, you're going to have to be a club member. Join today at support.baldmove.com. Get our full discussion of Furiosa and many more first-run films, plus tons of other bonus podcasts and ad-free feeds. Support.baldmove.com. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. 
We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, if very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. a fresh shot of bourbon we're back with more justified uh then raylan asked judge guy a couple questions about his case apparently he was fucking the mother of one of the defendants and they're concerned about it but they want information on her mostly was it gonna do that she was eyeing me like wagyu beef (laughs) (laughs) and i and again and it's like i look i I, I still wanted some I gave her son the Mac. She still wanted a piece. And like, and I'm like, you know what? Fair point. I'm like, I'm but a man. Like, what do you yeah. want? You're the, uh, you know, the, the jury, uh, addressing a jury. Uh, I, I did my job as a civil student. I didn't let my heart be influenced, but the ass mm-hmm. was fat and <laughs> I had to tap. Like, I, I like, yeah, I can re- I can respect that. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. I respect a guy openly openly being a horn dog. Uh, but I do think that there probably is, you know, we might not find anything wrong with it, but I bet the uh, Michigan State Bar might say something about the the it's seeming impropriety that you could accuse a person of there. P- potentially. I mean, he did he did wait until the case was over and done with. And he did give know? that boy the max. Yeah, you can't say he went easy on the kid. You can't say when he's going to mom But as she said, she enjoyed every second because Pete she David, did. that fucking smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. then, then when yep. they start asking him questions about his dirty business, that's when he pulls out this leather-bound ledger mm-hmm. that we can't... It's, it's got initials, phone numbers at the top of each page, initials, dates, and transaction amounts. And I don't know whether these are bribes. This is a book, you know, like it seems like a lame if this is a gambling thing he's running, but they keep on yeah. involving the casino. So maybe, but it feels more it's like possible. probably bribes and kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious if there's any connection between any of the other characters we've seen so far, because like the one thing they're doing that worked really well in Harlan that I'm not sure works nearly as well in Detroit is making it feel like a very small town where everybody knows each other like they they have a couple of times where like Raylan will show up in the same place restaurant or whatever as Carolyn just kind of out of the blue and that's like there's so many restaurants in Detroit it's a question of whether that would happen and then the judge shows up at the casino at Sandy's casino where there just happens to be this investigation it seems like a little small world to me but that might be a thing they're doing because everybody is connected. But I also think they're hinting that this is all taking place in one particular neighborhood or like district of Detroit, which I don't think they're, well, I agree. They're not communicating that very well, but like, I think you're supposed to understand that there is 
Uh, and all these people have like some kind of personal connection too. Like the like no one's more than one degree of separation. Like the judge knows uh, Sandy because of uh, uh, Carolyn Wilder. Like there's the one. Mm-hmm. Con- so like the fact that they're all kind of in an orbit doesn't stretch my. There's, there's just not. There's no neighborhood you could pin this to with the different with with the class distinctions between these people. The the True. social distance between all of them. Like you've got lawyers and criminals and casino uh, waitresses and just like but some disparate stratas of society that I don't think they would all show up in the same places. At but the same would time. it shock you to find out that like Keith, the, the judge guy, ran around a sweetie back in their youth and they like grew up in the same neighborhood? Th- th- and, like, this but, is what I mean. Judge I wonder guy, if this is th- set th- up. They'll they'll yeah. they'll keep yeah like they'll keep on weaving those connections together because that's I uh-huh. I think there is a few things that kind of bothered me and yeah you know, some 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 lawman leaps that Raylan made that I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how they got to here from there. But I think that as okay. the show goes on, those things will kind of smooth out. Because one of the joys of uh-huh. watching the original Justified is like that we as the audience knew things, but Raylan didn't know things. Like the cops didn't know things. And like sometimes the cops didn't know things the bad guys didn't know about. And like there was mm-hmm. this all this confusion, this game of telephone being played. And as the audience member, you see both sides and you're like, ah. So like... Yeah. Yeah, some of this I think is just justified being justified. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give it some time and see if they connect some dots that look like they might be there to connect, but I'm not sure. All right, Clement goes to Marcus's bar to Sweeties, where um, he's getting Sandy some weed. He's palling around with his old friend. I guess they're they're music buddies, and he goes in the bathroom, pulls a gun out of the drop ceiling, and then they leave. And in the car, he shows Sandy the gun and says they might need it when they rob the Albanian. So I thought there's an interesting mystery here where, like, Clem is obsessed with tapes. He's talking about demos and whatever. And Sandy mentioned kind of petulantly, like, he never lets me listen to them. Hmm. I wonder if these tapes that he calls his demos, if he actually has a vast collection of, like, some kind of recorded officials taking bribes. Because in that flashback scene, mm. when he, he tells Sweetie, it's like, you don't want me sitting in jail too long because who knows what I'll start talking about. I don't know how, because mm-hmm. nothing about this guy's character would make me think that he would have these kind of high profile connections. But maybe right. he got lucky. But there's something about his shtick of listening to tapes and like people like what are on the tapes. And no, that, that's that's I, I think these are some check off just some check off tapery going Could on be. here. Could be. I mean, the specific in- instance that you mentioned is easily covered over by saying, well, they showed us the flashback at the beginning of next episode, I think, where they committed a crime together, him and Sweetie. Mm-hmm. So he could talk about that pretty obviously. But I that's you not might be the, right. There might be something more to it. Yeah, I definitely like, you know, why would a high profile lawyer swing into action? Yeah. Because like, and how does Sweetie, I guess Sweetie has well, a she wants to protect Sweetie, yes. right? Like I, right. Yeah. Carolyn and, and Sweetie have a relationship, so she might take him as a client. Yeah. If, if I misinterpret that and he's just talking, he's just threatening Sweetie, but I thought he was threatening larger powers. He might and be. And that was understood. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's, it's a plain reading is I'm just threatening. Like, unless you want to go down for this too. Uh huh. This quadruple homicide, then. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the guy who bombed the judge's car goes to his mother's for dinner. Is this the other guy that was in the tunnel? This this is the guy that made that actually escaped. Okay, I wasn't beard. certain I, of that. I didn't yeah, go I back the, and look at him. 
I got the big beard shit heel and the little bird shit, the little bearded shit heel. <laughs> okay. That's the one that got fed to the dogs. This is the big bearded shit heel, and he's visiting his mom. The, yeah, the judges, and then, uh-huh. the judges, uh, the, the the woman that wanted a piece of the judge. This this is what the judge was getting down. Okay, all right, I can see it. I you know this is obviously years ago too. Don't for don't forget that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and do you see it? The, the woman cooks a mean fucking pot roast too. I don't obviously. think that's the. I think Every it was federal the agent in that house he was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, you know they're both. <laughs> no, no, okay. No, all right, let's just keep moving on. Uh, yeah. So he, it becomes apparent that his mother has arranged for the cops to grab him here, and when they show up, he takes his mom hostage and goes down to the basement with her. Raylan manages to talk this guy out of the basement, but douche cop kicks him down the stairs. It's how we do things in Detroit. But why? Is it how you should do things in Detroit? Or is it just how you, as a dickhead, do things in Detroit? Yeah, it's one of those uh, constantly escalations on uh, both, both sides of the law and against the law. And, you know, there's a whole lot of mm-hmm. whole lot of re- resigned to, like, you know, shit that happens in police. But, like, I mean, I just... I don't know. I don't know where this we are. This is the ever... second time, though. We've, we've seen the person all but in cuffs and this guy goes and does something shitty right because they're they're convinced that this guy and i think they're right like this guy tried to blow up a federal judge he seems like he's a real piece of shit um and he did you know he deserves some kind of uh the punishment from society i guess if you want to see the the whole prison system is purely punitive but yeah you just wish Mm -hmm. to like the cops could be professional like all the time you know, like what yeah. if, if you could if you're like, you know, uh, twice as much as they are now, like if you could keep that momentum going for five or ten years, what what would that do to society? Uh, some people think probably society be burning in flames. I don't know. But but uh, I don't know. Like I said, you can go back and listen to our uh, what was it? Uh, who owns the city or we own the city from mm-hmm. last year. Uh, if you want to. This isn't that show. About how this isn't the show is, talking yeah. about how fucked up. Thing. But I think it's interesting because Raylan himself is looking at this guy like. We start this episode with Raylan Givens getting on hot water for potentially racially tinged ways to look at his zealous police work. But mm-hmm. even Raylan, who's comfortable with get, um, using violence to contain people who are not, you know, complying and whatnot, is mm-hmm. kind of pale, you know, kind of, kind of paled by what this guy's doing. Just how unnecessary it is. And that's the thing. Those people aren't complying with Raylan, and so he kind of has to resort to this stuff, whereas this guy has compliant criminals ready to be handcuffed, all but holding out their wrists. We get the feeling that Brill would like to shoot this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to prove how tough he is. (laughs) It's funny, though, because we we uh you know we just did our badass rank we're doing our badass podcast and what we're, we're ranking all these badasses about how charismatic they are we just got the timothy oliphant last yesterday we gave him a perfect score a perfect one score on his charisma rating mm-hmm. and like scenes like this are why he's just so good and when he leans into carolyn later and he's like tell me are, are you actually are you following me like the shit that he gets away with and how beautifully he de-escalates this this thing yeah. And he's just ruined by this guy kicking the door because I I did get the clear thought that he wanted to kill this guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I really like what he said about you know there's all these agents up here that uh, especially the ones standing by the toaster oven very hungry and very irritable. 
<laughs> Ridiculous. She's got, she got the whole spread. The, you know that you know how good this house smells. Mm-hmm. You're oh right. Oh my god, pot roast, the fresh baked bread. Oh my god. Yeah, and it's dinner time. These guys are still working. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Raylan and his daughter have dinner at a restaurant. He suggests a couple routes back to Florida because uh, the case is basically over, right? They caught the guy. Um, she says she wants to go through Harlan, which is interesting. And Carolyn uh, Wilder, the defense attorney, is in the same restaurant negotiating plea deals with the prosecutor. She notices Raylan staring, and his daughter orders him a really silly drink, so they get up and leave. <laughs> the dumbest drink on the menu. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the oh god because it's funny they're doing kind of a will they won't they between Carolyn and Raylan here and you know she's talking to her hmm. prosecutor friend and they start talking about him and Yellowstone and she's like I'd fuck the shit out of Kevin Costner it's like why and then Will is saying the same thing like hey you need a woman in your life that she seems like nice uh I, it's it's it, it'd be an interesting it, it'd be an interesting pairing but also like I feel like she is being arm barred into this bullshit and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of Ava Crowder to that yeah like this is a basically decent person who's getting fucked over into a life of crime and historically that's something someone that Raylan wants to kind of try to wade in and rescue so I could see it yeah he's got a soft spot for those people um and we'll see just you know how in over her, her head she is um how much power she can wield because she is also a very powerful person she's powerful smart sophisticated but Mm -hmm. against criminally deranged that only gets you so far true uh what is it about kevin costner i don't understand it i he's a good looking man that's where it starts starts and stops i'm convinced is he i okay his his powers of seduction are completely lost on me i don't see it i really don't see it what if he came at you with a a shitty fake boston accent (laughs) sure what if he came at southern accent what if he came at you with a shitty fake english accent like okay because you know like there's the many sides of kevin coster the many faces Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm he's only got the one face and it's not that compelling in yeah. my opinion. Uh, anyway, yeah, we we go back to... Jim Jones came for Liv Tyler last week. Kevin Costner, Costner this, this week. week. What attractive Hollywood person will will Jim be mystified <laughs> by their appeal next? Tune in next there week. There's still a few. Bald move. I'm not out of them. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so Sandy butters up the hot dog man at the casino and they leave with Clement following uh, in his car he gets stuck by the judge in the parking garage and they get some road rage shit going on and Clement runs him off the road destroys his Cadillac then shoots him dead uh, and then he searches his body for, I think for cash he finds this notebook instead and he tells the judge's assistant to take him to her boyfriend's house which he I think he thinks that Th- that was her boyfriend that the judge was her boyfriend uh, the judge might have thought that yeah yeah he probably did but boy he just stepped in it huh got in way over his head here had no idea who this was or the scenarios behind it it's just dumb bad luck and poor Sandy she's with this dude that she's supposed to seduce and he just gets a different mm-hmm. thing to do and just fucks off the rest of the night yeah, and she's just because uh, of a road rage with something incident. she'd never planned to, right? Yeah. 
Um, I, I, there's a couple of interesting things I want to talk about. Number one, you've played blackjack. Uh-huh. Have you ever played a face-down game of blackjack? Uh, not the, for money. Not for the money. The dealer de- dealt these out hands down, and he looks like... I, I feel like the script said blackjack, but the director thought poker. But that made no fucking sense. That and and also like yeah, like nothing made that sense. Like like you'd split on two aces, surely. Yeah, you always you, you wouldn't split. be dealt them face down. You wouldn't be keeping them from the dealer. What the fuck? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's an interesting call. Um, yeah, I was trying to read into his play style because that is a clearly wrong move. You never hit two aces. You would split those every single time. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know if they're trying to say something about his level of sophistication when it comes to crime i mean everything he's also distracted watching his girlfriend to seduce this other dude but also i don't think he Uh, really cared so i i I, i'm not sure exactly where they're going with that either um but i really like the the thing with the judge where like you have this like the judge starts off thinking he's in control Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna lure this guy into this you know, downtown where he's gonna have all these penalties, and I'm gonna call. And then you see where he starts getting actually scared, and that's just where Boyd starts. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real tragedy. Uh, then we go to uh, Clement, and I I don't know this woman's name it's the assistant of judge i never learned her name either yeah uh they're driving back to the judge's house they stop at a red light and she makes a run for it and clement runs after her and kills her in a park and i like i like here this detail he's making some pretty big assumptions about this black guy right oh was he into drugs numbers you know he's thinking oh he's got he got this guy's number he has no idea this is a judge and that he has just walked into walked through a door he could like he Keith should David not have said, opened. it's been 30 years in this racist ass town and shit like this you assume uh-huh. black man got money and nice cars into drugs right um i like that so that's the thing about clem is like he was so likable right up until honestly even killing keith david like i was like okay <laughs> it's you know he, he cut fucked, him there's off. some there's some yeah. fuck around finding out and keith david clearly like raylan said maybe he's a good man maybe he's not but yeah, killing mm-hmm. this assistant, and then you find out that she's there because she was trying to cooperate with law enforcement for probably some yeah. bullshit shoplifting, minor drug possession charge or something. And it's like really yep. fucking tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like the, the, the Clem's motivation, this speech he gives about the Barbara Mandel Mandrell's uh, mansion and him living, wanting to live in a big house all his life, and then realizing the more he thought about it the fuck is a man going to do with 12 bathrooms which is kind of how i've always viewed the wealth mm-hmm. like why the fuck would you ever live in a, a mansion with like tennis courts and shit in it like come on yeah but what is he doing this for is he like a joker type that he doesn't want to own anything he just likes the thrill of the chase and ripping people off because it seems like his whole thing is like if i ever got this level of success i don't know what i would do with it so why mm-hmm. is he chasing it why does he want to be the king what does being the king mean to him is he yeah, some crazy all asshole? questions he might be a crazy asshole um he might be a guy who feels like he never could attain it so that's not really a possible reality in his mind so so he he feels like the underdog in his own mind right Mm. like he's he's the guy who's getting shit on so he's gonna you know go out and hurt people and try and get his wherever he can 
but he'll never attain the status of the people he's stealing stuff from yeah but I don't know because he steals from everybody as we'll see here in the next episode it's opportunistic yeah just to mm-hmm. just to do just to do it so Raylan's called about the killing of the judge and he goes to the scene and the cops wonder what the hell they missed because they thought they got the guy who wanted to kill the judge uh, they find the assistant's body in the park we find out that she was investigating judge guy as a CI and of course this means Raylan is sucked back into the case and he goes back to his hotel where his daughter is sleeping and just kind of sits yeah they didn't miss anything man just wrong place wrong guy wrong time it seems like the last scene is him just like finally coming to grips with like my plans with my daughter are over like yeah. I'm being called to do the thing that I do and fuck and I th- mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of like seeing his daughter in the assistant the kind of like okay. you know like the why innocent. you would be motivated to do something like this um, oh okay you know why you would just like bounce on your daughter <laughs> yeah I don't know um, but that's the end of episode one kind of leave it there and then we're coming back in episode two in Detroit in 2017 and the whole series takes place in the present day so this is six years earlier uh, Sweetie and Marcus and his buddies are sitting around smoking uh, Clement shows up to rob them and they seem to not have much cash or drugs on them but Clement thinks there's more and it's revealed that Sweetie's working with him and then Clement kills everybody else in the room, getting all the drugs and cash in the house. And they take Sweetie's car back to the city where Clement drops him off. This is like the third car he's stolen so far. Two in the first episode with uh, Dell and the gas station thing. And then he just steals yeah. Sweetie's car here. Drops him in an alley and he's gone. What well, doesn't steal Sweetie's car? He tells Sweetie he needs to pick up his car. Like well, you, you I think I think they start murder. to drive away with the car that Clement arrived in, which is almost certainly stolen. Yes. And then he goes, you drove here, right? You don't want to leave your car. And they drive back in Clement's car and he, or, or sorry, in a Sweetie's car and he just drops Sweetie on the side of the road. Wait, but he was in Clement. They were in Clement's car. Uh-huh. He but dropped Clement Sweetie left the car off. there because I think it's stolen. What do you mean? Clement drove, wait, he got into a different car? I'm pretty sure what happens is Clement drives a car out there that is stolen. Yeah, and he they goes in the house, kills a bunch of people, and drive away in Sweetie's car. What? No, I think he drove away in his car, and Sweetie, who also drove there separately because he's going to smoke up with his buddies, has a car then there why that they is, don't want to leave at the murder scene. Then why is Sweetie... So, so they drive away both cars? Yes, you'd have to. Then why is Sweetie dropped off in an alley? At the end of the scene, because I, I, I don't the think they're like who a, a away block. I think they're like a block away from the house at most. At this point, is how what I thought was happening. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know exactly what's happening there. I just assumed he stole every car he's in. Because I know. I think you're right. He definitely stole car. his car, but I think that he's like, there's nothing nefarious about. I think the the one thing I think you're supposed to understand is like. The, the the way you feel used when you're with Clint uh-huh. because yep. this guy you know clearly the, the plan was not to execute all these people uh, mm-hmm. but he did it and now it's like, it's like yeah, okay maybe we robbed these guys but I didn't want to like fucking murder them and then like he's like uh, he kills his guys because he's greedy but then he tries to explain to the guys like oh they wanted me to kill you but I would never kill you because you're this famous uh, base man 
let's go celebrate. And then as they're like, then Clem's like, yeah, but I don't really want to hang out with Sweetie the rest of the night. And he thinks up that like, oh, you got to go get your car. I think you're supposed to understand that like, Sweetie's not going to see this guy again until he calls it's him possible. three days later to use him yeah, again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's what I got. Cause like, I'm trying to find the commonalities and how Sandy's feeling versus how, you yeah. know, Sweetie's feeling versus how Carolyn is going to eventually feel about this guy. Yeah, I'm kind of confused as to like what the actual plan was here because like Sweetie definitely isn't planning on killing these guys, but he is planning on robbing them. Uh, I think the idea here is he and Clement aren't going to be connected at all. It's just going to be I'm smoking with my buddies, and then boom, here comes this crazy dude, robs us. And we all got ruined because he took a big old fat roll off of Sweetie too to make it look like meet up later and get my my share. And then Clem, uh, but he drops his name accidentally. He calls him Sweetie. It's not accidentally. Or it was on purpose. Like you Clem think was on purpose. Pi- Clem thought- was pissed that Sweetie tried to put the brakes on the operation and burnt him intentionally. So his buddies, so so really? that he. Would- oh yeah, it was malicious. When he goes like, I yeah, it was showing up. that he was sloppy. But yeah, if mm, if that's the I- case, then it's showing that he is more vindictive and hot headed. Yeah, like I don't want anyone but me calling the shots and how huh. you know. Okay, and it's also put in a position now that's like he's also telling Sweetie, "You just signed these guys." Like maybe feeling, making him feel guilty because mm-hmm. obviously they got to kill him now. Yeah, otherwise, oh, you robbed us. We're coming to get you, motherfucker. Right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. right. Uh, so three days later, Sweetie, uh, Clement calls up Sweetie and asks if the cops have been asking about him. They haven't, but the cops show up at the motel he's staying in and uh, arrest him. And then Carolyn Wilder is apparently his lawyer. Uh, We're talking about this kind of veiled threat that's, you know, we're not sure exactly how to interpret it about, you know, who knows what I might start saying if I'm spending too much time. They also made sure that we saw that there's a guy still breathing Mm -hmm. in that house, which will come into play later on in the episode. So, yeah. Um, He's he's a little sloppy there too, right? He doesn't yep. finish the job. Um, I want to know where you find scumbag motels like this. I've been to scumbag motels. I've I've been to a highway side hojo and a a super eight and all kinds of shitty motels. I've yeah, never seen that, one that looks this cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I was thinking of this. This is funny. You said Howard Johnson uh, in McDonough, Georgia. Holy shit. Okay. Holy shit. I rolled out of place at two o'clock in the morning thinking like, ah, oh, I just got past Georgia. This is the halfway point to get to where I'm going in Florida. Mm-hmm. I was, next. Oh, I should have, I should have pulled a couple more exits on because that <laughs> place, that place was, was, uh, was bad. This one looks cool though. I, I like the red and the, the, the kind of maroon motif here with all the cool wallpaper. Well, so and was it's this got a, a style. Whereas most what motels I was, don't. So was this like um, like one of those shitty rundown motels, or is this one of those like romantic, um, like Sex like motel. the the Sybaris, You remember that in Indianapolis sure. where you could? Yeah. Those things always look like shit on the outside, but on the inside they still look like shit. But they're shit that looks like a cave. They're or, themed I don't shit. Know. Yeah. yeah, they're themed. But this feel that felt like it was like yeah, you're right. It's like like a gothic vampire type experience, but with neon animal striped wallpaper and uh huh, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely looked done up. But so it's either like just so tacky and shitty and run down, or it's like one of these weird. Because the thing is, is he was there to celebrate, right? It's three days mm-hmm. later. He's got a piss pot full of money. He's got his girl. Yeah, he's splurging. He's treating her to uh, 
<laughs> to the to sex a, hotel. I don't know. Jizz field jacuzzi. I don't know. Mm, the jizz koozie. No. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like that. You're listening to the Justified Podcast. We'll be right back. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. Howdy, deputy. We're back with the Justified Podcast. All right, let's go to the present day. Let's get out of that grimy three days Not later. Not chlorine in the world. No. Uh, Raylan gets everything on room service, uh, the room service menu, courtesy of his daughter, he leaves Willa alone in the hotel with parental orders not to leave the grounds. Mm-hmm. She turns on the TV and sees the news report about Judge Guy's killing. But this is here, Raylan, like you said, you can't say no to her because this is a dynamic that sometimes shitty parents get trapped into where they feel so bad about the shitty things they're doing mm-hmm. to the kid that like they try to make it up by being super lenient and mm-hmm. not a great combination. Doesn't seem and the like. kid takes advantage of it, does more shitty things and yeah it's a cycle uh, and you know she tries to her credit she spends a lot more time I think in this hotel room than I would have expected yeah I think she, she complied for about a day yeah it's good for her <laughs> I don't know that seemed like showing a remarkable amount of restraint but mm-hmm. Raylan got swept up in the case uh, so Sandy shows back up at Clement's room uh, pissed because she had to spend the night with their mark Clement implies that he knows something about the killing and she says don't tell me anymore I don't want to know 
And then Raylan and his partner call up to the room to speak with Mr. Weems, the guy whose room they're staying in, and want to talk with him. Uh, yeah, and this is where you get the impression, uh, again, you know, reinforcement that Sandy is just a passenger on the Clement show, you know, the Clement ride. Oh, yeah. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do, consequences to her be damned, and honestly to himself. Just, yeah, just using her. Um mm-hmm. How did Rayland and Wendell track this down? Because, like, I got the... Uh, when they were... The, the, when the Detective Brill was shouting about beating down the doors and finding uh, uh, witnesses and all that, I... Since he's such a shit cop, I got the impression that this is a... Like, the way Raylan's looking, like, this is a futile thing. Like, we're going to beat the doors at 4 o'clock in the morning, and people are going to, like, come out and give us actual intel. Like, mm-hmm. did someone really get the license plate so they could look this up? Because it's not just an SUV match like that. How? There's no fucking way they'd have enough to knock on yeah. this guy's door the next morning. I felt like... And this happened in Justified a couple of times before... Where, like, I didn't quite understand the police work that got them to this next step. Yeah, Um, I'm with you. I don't know the connection. But it could be I misinterpreted that, and that's like, yeah, they did knock down, and, you know, they were in a nice neighborhood because it was on the way to the judge's house or on downtown, and maybe people would have taken a note of that, but a little bit, little bit suspension disbelief stretching that they made this connection so fast. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But here we are. So Raylan and Wendell ask Sandy some questions while Clement is in the other room kind of imagining killing them. And they ask if she drove Dell's car last night. She says, no, but it might have been stolen and uh, had an accident where I scraped the left fender. She goes into the room to get the other keys. And that's when Wendell sort of recognizes her name. Um, And then they ask if she's seen Clement Manziel lately. And that's when she invites them to leave. And Raylan gives her his card. This is the worst. Look, I just feel like, yeah, like if you're going to cooperate with the cops, cooperate with the cops. If you're going to stonewall them, stonewall. But like right. people doing this half-assed, you're not being free. Shouldn't you, you tell me what this is? Until <laughs> then, yeah, like it's. Yeah. And then what's funny is like, um, you know, I I was pretty sure that Raylan knew that there was stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But like later on when he goes to, to Clem and is like, if you wanted to see my hat, you could just gone out from come out from Weems bedroom, buddy, this morning. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they know exactly but like they also know that they don't have probable cause, they don't have a search warrant. So even if they got they would just fuck up their case, so they're he's just content to let them play their games at this point. hmm I love the way that Raylan plays his intelligence on his sleeve like that. He mm-hmm. is a very good detective as well. Because, uh, you know, it, it's kind of tipping his hand a little bit to tell a criminal that he knows about their movements, but also it kind of doesn't matter if he tells them because he's just that good, right? Yeah, and but I don't know. I, like I said, Raylan does stupid shit because he's Raylan. Occasionally, but it's cool, yeah. so <laughs> we got to roll with it. Uh, You know something that isn't very cool? Tidy whities and yeah. I don't care how many tattoos, how many necklaces, how many Hawaiian shirts you're going to strap onto a guy wearing tidy whities They're just not cool. Not cool, but I regret to inform you that they do not make him look uncool. 
they're not quite they're the cool least enough. cool part of him in any given there scene you go. though right there you like go. He, imagine if he wasn't wearing tidy whities if he was wearing I, I don't know even a thong would look cooler yeah. than tidy whities I don't know. I, something. Sometimes these uh, these uh, incredibly charismatic, good-looking fuckboy types can do things like wear Crocs and tidy whities and, and still still pull because they're just ridiculously attractive and charming. Yeah. No, I don't think it harms his ability to pull, but I don't know. It's not a good look, man. Uh, so after they leave, Clement asks some questions about Raylan. Sandy says he was polite and cute. And then he asks her a favor and hands her his gun. Uh, she says he, he had dewy skin, which I he moisturizes. Is that what she means? I don't know because, like, look, we've talked a lot about how good looking Timothy Oliphant is. Great hair. Sure, I will say he's got good skin. Sure, do I wouldn't say dewy. I don't know what dewy. I mean, slightly. Dewy's wet. like that, like super young, moist. Mm-hmm. looking skin not a pore to be seen like it's like shiny but not oily um i mean like, in it, general movie stars have that but not not when you're the graylin not when you're timothy's age like he's like he, sure, I guess like sure. he's extremely good looking man aging like fine wine but i dewey is that was a reach that they should have gone yeah. back to the thesaurus i think i think there was something dewey there but it was not raylan right if you know what i mean Anyway, uh, okay. Oh, the way, Here, here's the, the other the, question. Yeah. At the end of the scene, he says, "When you get back from your trip, you can have your medicine." And I think the medicine he's talking about is weed. No, it's his penis. It's 100 percent his penis. <laughs> that would make a hell of a lot more sense than weed. Because he says, you know, what you really, he goes, oh, you don't, because she says, I need to smoke is what you need is Dr. Manziel's special treatment. And then okay. he like grinds up and he, she's, he's, he's like, yo, never fails, never the blah, blah, blah. And then she thinks it's his erection and she reaches back and it says gun. And then he teases her saying like, you can have the, your medicine when you get back. And like, yeah, I think he's just fucking also, fuck her silly she's like i i mean this yeah I, it, it's not as happy you don't see the female version of the simp as often as the male version of simp because of a lot of mm-hmm. complicated cultural social biological reasons but you do see it occasionally I, i've seen it in my like I've, I've seen things happen where like where women just cannot fucking say no to these guys and mm-hmm. uh apparently clem's clem's got it the reason i thought it was weed is because earlier she was saying she's almost out of dope and she, and she was talking about weed and so, so they went to out, Sweeties yeah. and she wanted to get high they went to Sweeties to get the weed why is any of this an issue why are they going to Sweetie to get weed is it just so Clement can well, see him and taunt him and and because this I, is Michigan you're right Michigan where you can like everything they said about Michigan hey, I, is actually true it's fully Sweetie, recreational he, he's literally sitting in the bar smoking a joint in front of marshals and cops I it's recreational there it's it's like getting a beer dirt cheap secretly uh, michigan's got the best best weed cheapest weed in the whole fucking can i've smoked it all over the country that's michigan's where it's at baby but i thought he had some hold on her based on getting her this weed but certainly not no 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 i think it's more of like every time every time they stop the sweeties for weed it's a pretext 
Like yeah, he didn't yeah. need to go there, and Sweetie knows that he wanted to get his gun. Uh-huh. Uh, she's not there because she needs weed. She's there she's because there she wants to ditch the gun. Yeah. So I think that the joke is that like she could get it anywhere, but I, I also know people that are she in state for legal, and they still get it through the gray market connect because that's crazy. I don't, there's there's a little bit of outlaw to them. They want to save a couple bucks on taxes. Uh, I I don't know why because I think that's it's insane crazy. too. <laughs> but. I mean, there's, I imagine it's like I you could argue that in Ohio, it's cheaper to still buy on the black market because sure. the fucking it's expensive supply here. and taxes are so fucked up, even though we're neighbors with Michigan, mm-hmm. the promised land. I, I, yeah, I don't know. But I, I didn't think that that's the hold that she he has on her, especially okay. since she's got she's smoking part a split of it, the very next strange. scene. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, the cops go to the parking garage and find the front bumper of Dell's car smashed on the right side, which is the opposite one, she said. They take paint samples, and Raylan decides to stake out the car while they talk about Clement. Um, he apparently got off a quadruple murder charge on a technicality, and Sandy drives away in Dell's car, and they follow. Did you know? I, I put this in mind. Did you notice? Um, and we're both watching this on Hulu, correct? Some of the yes. commercial cuts are brutal. Dude, there's one when uh, Willa is walking later in this episode under a bridge uh-huh. that I'm like. Was that a commercial or did my shit just break? Like I, I feel like they cut two or three seconds of the closing scene and some of these. It's pretty bad. It's it's really I, I heard that in uh, some discussions, people are talking about that these episodes were particularly just loaded with commercials. Um, yeah, probably. Probably because they had these this double feature and they're padding it out to probably two and a half, three hours. But like, boy, we didn't see any commercials on Hulu, but like the cuts are still there. And mm-hmm. some of them were just like, it's got to be something in the Hulu ingestion system because they were just just bloody stumps. They weren't they weren't cuts. They were yeah vicious hacks. Uh, They were the kind of vicious hack that uh, Tuco Salamanca might leave you with. Did you recognize the name of the the prosecutor, or the, I guess the arresting cop who arrested Clement? He says it's Raymond Cruz. Oh my God, you're right. I actually wrote that down in my notes, and it didn't it, it didn't actually. Fa- Which, huh. if you don't know what I'm talking about, Raymond Cruz is the actor who plays Tuco in Breaking Bad. I was like, wait, surely you could have picked He's a the different guy with name. the grill that screams tight, tight, tight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Wow. So like so there's a there's a lot of like they're having fun naming people based on other famous like broadly speaking cops and criminal shows. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I bet I bet if I we pay if, attention there's there'll be more. It'd be hilarious if that was just his name in the book and Yeah, right. Like, they just carried it over. Would be really wow. funny if we actually meet this guy later and it's actually Raymond Cruz. <laughs> I was hoping. Because he's old enough that I think he's in his sixties. Like it would be plausible that he would be a retired, you know, like hard charging cop yeah potentially he's born but in that's what you have raymond cruz so as raymond cruz like what the hell no that's not what they're that's not what they're doing <laughs> I, would love I, I did wonder did. like why would they they, they we are going to meet raymond cruz before the end of this series though correct why would you establish yeah. this character and kind of like build up a semi-mythical status around them if you're not gonna mm-hmm. Yeah, he's this guy who just you know he liked to do good cop work couldn't handle how it was going and quit probably off fishing We'll talk to him. Yeah. Um, got, we got another check. We got Chekhov's Ray now. Mm-hmm. Chekhov's Raymond. <laughs> uh, so Sandy drives to a bridge and Carolyn Wilder 
with, with the cops following Carolyn Wilder calls Raylan asks him to meet with him with her ASAP and then Sandy goes out to the bridge to throw Clement's gun over but decides not to and they continue to follow her why uh, I wonder if this is not an insurance policy that's what I was her. thinking too hold She's on scared. to this gun that she knows has probably killed a lot of people that could match ballistics that has his fingerprints on it yeah oh or I was thinking like insurance like yeah like fucking put Clem in the ground but you're right it's also I mean that would burn Clem forever yeah the kind yeah, of like that's directly that, connect him evidentiary evidentiarily the, yeah there's like nine rounds came out of this gun in that judge's chest uh-huh that probably has yeah. his fingerprints all over it yeah that'd be hell it might even connect back to that uh quadruple mur- murder like this takes might be that gun out of the ceiling this is his gun that he uses to kill right there might be a lot of bodies on this gun yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right well i'm glad we're lined up on that and then we go back to Willa who's in the hotel room she gets bored and decides to go for a walk and she's approached by a street vendor selling Rolexes for 40 bucks she talks him down to 7 and continues walking I mean this is this is just a Raylan her shaking down this guy is totally you know Raylan mm-hmm. you know, asking about the legalities and just asking questions and getting this guy flustered and she's walking off with the $7 fo- Folex but and they cost him nothing because he stole them obviously so why not and sell what is, one for seven bucks? And she's just doing this to fuck her. I mean, this is just to entertain herself. Like, I don't uh-huh. think she's getting this to present her dad as a gift. I, I thought that, but like, uh, I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. This is the stuff that makes me think she's a little bit of a, she's, she's got a kind of wild bad girl streak to her. Cause the, the parts of the city she's walking around in are not places I would typically go like abandoned yeah. warehouses what mm-hmm. really that's where you're going under dark bridges and shit like it's hmm. cool it's cool and it doesn't cost a thing he goes true <laughs> you, you go to the upscale parts of the tree that, that it'll cost money just to be just, just to true. hang around you know but you can walk around abandoned shit plus it's also felt like this is this this is the kind of shit that Har that, that Raylan would get up to in Harlan he'd probably go through abandoned grain silos and uh, coal mines dangerous and, yeah, the places where people aren't around, so you can get you can get up to no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Raylan's daughter. Uh, Sandy goes to Sweetie's bar where she hides the gun in the drop ceiling. Her shoe breaks and her foot gets soaked in the toilet. And Sweetie wonders what she was up to in the bathroom. And when she walks back outside, I think the cops notice her broken shoe. Doesn't really amount to anything here. Yeah, I wonder what the significant. That's going to be significant, though, right? Like, why would you throw? Yeah, it's, it's funny. She becomes a literal shit heel. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, like, why? Or is it just kind of like you're supposed to feel sorry for this girl? Because I did like how pathetic she's doing this mm-hmm. thing. She's break. She's just shut there. And then this is like legendarily filthy bar. This is right up there yeah. with Patty's. Okay. Charlie. Charlie hasn't mopped this place out for a couple days, and she's putting her foot in that. It just felt like, oh my god, the the degradation she's going through for this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see where that gun shows up next. And you can see Sweetie knows what's up, too. I have a feeling Sweetie is gonna, he's gonna be the new owner of that gun. And what he does with it, I think, is the big question. I don't think it's gonna be there if she goes back for it. 
Yeah, one of the arcs I'm looking at for is like Sweetie and Carolyn and maybe maybe Sandy getting together independently thinking that Clem's got to go. Mm-hmm. And then either working at cross purposes to do that or throwing in together. Yeah, could be. Uh, but that gun will be a valuable piece. True. Raylan goes to see Carolyn Wilder. Clement is also in her office and he talks a lot, drops some implied threats on Raylan. And then Carolyn tells him, look, you either got to arrest my client or back the hell off. And Raylan gets a call from Willa, kind of steps outside to take it, but notices Clement being pretty aggressive with Carolyn in the other room. And before he leaves, Raylan goes back in her office and asks if she's good. And she kind of just brushes him off because there's more going on here than we know at the moment. Yeah, Raylan has a bit of a terrible poker face because when, you know, Clem is just trying to, like, flail around, find something to insult him about the cowboy hat, like, Raylan doesn't give a shit because he's not insecure about that. But when he nails him, like, you know, there's only two kinds of cops I know, the ones that are passed over for the big chair because they suck or the ones that love it so much they have to be dragged off, like... And the implied mm-hmm. threat that actually got to Raylan because that is yeah. that is Raylan. He can't. He's the mm-hmm. latter category for sure. Yeah, he's going to be out there. Uh, and then the idea that, you know, the, those cops aren't dragged off typically while they're still breathing. Right. Yeah, there's definitely implied threat there. Uh, so Willa goes to an abandoned factory. Raylan calls her and tells her to get the hell back to the hotel before he gets there. But first, he's going to go talk to Sandy. And in that factory, Willow finds a Cadillac insignia, which I guess that makes sense, right? Sure. I mean, there's a Cadillac thing going on here. There's two of them in the show. (laughs) Judge Guy really loves them, and she finds a symbol here. Well, this is a Pontiac. Um, Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, they like Arrowhead. And this is like, we got Chekhov's cassettes, Mm -hmm. Chekhov's gun, literally. Now we got Chekhov's Pontiac Arrowhead because this is going to get stabbed into some motherfucker. Yeah. Sometime between now and episode 10. I would I would put a month's pay on that. It's pretty pointy. Yeah, pretty pointy. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty pointy. All right, Raylan and Wendell go to Sandy's casino to ask her some questions. Uh, it's not her casino, it's where she works. Raylan tells her some details about the killing. She probably didn't know, planting some seeds of worry in her mind, I think. And then they leave. And Sandy calls Clem, Raylan, Wendell head to Sweeties. Yeah, I like that scene where, you know, he's trying he's trying to do what he always tries to do, try to level with people about, like, you might think this person's this, but they're actually this. I think she knows mm-hmm. more. Like, this is stuff she's realizing herself. Um, but that line where it's like, I got to get the, I smoke marijuana for stress. He's like, well, you better get your hands on some really good shit to rate th- the way things are going. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The show is full of really good dialogue still. They haven't lost a beat with that. Uh, then Clint manages to get Raylan's hotel room number and calls up and Willa arrives just in time to answer. And he, I think what happens here is Clem's like, ah, your father called me to to come babysit mm. you or whatever, and she buys it. What is the significance of showing Willa's phone at three percent? 
is this like a is this Chekhov's battery cage where it shows that she there's like there's, first of all there's a meme about the internet that's like why is it every time a girl takes a screenshot of her phone that her battery's at critical red like that that like maybe that the they're not uh, stereotypically as diligent about I don't know charging batteries like men are but like is okay. this just showing that she's kind of careless about it because it's middle of the day she's plugging this shit in and that's going to mm -hmm. be significant later on because I. I I don't know why they wanted us to make sure that midday she's she's got she's bingo on battery. I don't know why the battery is so low. I don't think it amounts to anything because it's charging the entire time that they're down in the restaurant and then uh, not on this episode, but it's going to be like the fact that she might doesn't later, charge yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, they could be setting it up for like, hey, this girl does not pay attention to her battery life. <laughs> Right, and but it's here like, it doesn't really matter. Raylan's uh, gonna get yet. kidnapped, and Raylan's gonna try to track her, and her phone's dead. Something like that. It's yeah, yeah. It's gonna pay Could off be. somehow, I think. Uh, so over at Sweetie's, Wendell tells Raylan all about uh, Sweetie's musical and criminal career, and they ask Sweetie about Sandy. He says uh, she's probably looking to toss a gun, and proceeds to display his variety of very legal, very registered firearms. Uh, Carolyn arrives to protect her client, tells them to get a search warrant if they want to do any more questions or snooping. And when the cops leave, Carolyn and Sweetie talk about Clem being back. He's apparently blackmailing Carolyn into working as his lawyer with what he knows about Sweetie. And this is all, th this is making me think, okay, why does Carolyn care so much about Sweetie? What is the connection here? Which we just don't know they yet. Got big, big history mm -hmm. going back a long ways. Uh, do you yeah. do you recognize the song George Clinton's? Uh, no, Atomic Dog. I am not a funk fan. I gotta say, it's uh, Snoop Dogg sampled on a "What's My Name." It's the one that goes "Bow Wow Wow Yippee Yo huh. Yippee Yay Bow Wow." You know that one? Okay, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. You did as soon as soon as you get to the the I guess the main hook, you'd, you'd in, it's instantly recognizable because of the the Snoop Dogg of everything. Totally. But, uh, he could have been on that album. Oh my god! Or even that track. Hmm. A whole other life if you hadn't been busted. The what the hell's a Z? Is that a Benzo? I don't know. I don't know. Um. But like, I I like that they really made a meal of the scene. But I love that Sweetie's like it's a, it's always good to see a a guy who knows his right shine on a police officer like mm -hmm. him parading those three pieces around. It's like if you if you're not here about one of these legally owned and registered pieces, then I'm gonna have to call my lawyer. <laughs> I think um, it's a little it's a little iffy for this guy to be reaching under the counter to grab an implied gun. It, it there's a certain amount of danger there. Uh, he could have started maybe with the one that's behind the bar and kind of up in their side of their line of sight. Yeah, sure. I don't know that uh, that seems like a pretty devil may care attitude if you are handling guns like that around police officers. But on the other hand, it's your it's your fucking business establishment. And you got a permit for them, all of them. Then sure, no, you should be well within your rights to policy. do it. But uh, but yeah, and Wendell kind of knows do? this guy, right? So they, yeah. they have a relationship of some kind. Yeah, that's true. That also makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so he's probably not that worried about it. Um, we we get to know a little bit about uh, Apophis, which is the serpent god of chaos, chaos rather. Um, which he that's how he's describing Clem. Yeah, the guy who just wants to kill the light. He's mm -hmm. a Joker type. He just wants to watch the world burn. Seems like it. 
I also like how Carolyn comes back with like, well, as far as I know, Clem's been in town for a couple days and the sun's still rising. So the immortal words of Raw, fuck them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Raylan calls Willa, but she doesn't answer her phone. And so when he gets back to the hotel, he finds her phone sitting there and a note next to it, presumably saying, hey, I'm down in the dining room. So he goes down there, finds Willa with Clem, and Clem is acting... He's acting all coy, like he's a buddy of Raylan's, and he everybody knows the game except for Willa here. And then he gets vaguely threatening with Raylan um, and his daughter specifically. And Raylan snatches him up, tosses him out the front door, beats his ass, beats his face, tells him that he'll kill him the next time he's if, if he ever sees him with his daughter again. Yeah, uh, the way Raylan's the face with- changed when uh-huh. he put his arm around Willa was yep. like a great classic moment and it's one of those things where like again I think this is Raylan being stupid because he's got the way I interpret this is he's got Clem on an open and shut case of like menacing you know like this is highly inappropriate and instead of like just busting him on what it, and they you know they got his they, they got a lot more evidence now they got his instead of just like busting him then and there for that he mm. gets goaded into a fight and now like, I feel like he's lets Clem go because he knows that the vicious beating he just gave him would make anything that he tries to do not stick. But yeah, Raylan did sure. that. And mm-hmm. maybe Clem's smart enough to know that like, you know, because like you, you got to think that Carolyn's told him about Raylan because she knows about Raylan because she did a bunch of research on these six cases and his like uh, overzealous police work. And he's so smart. I wonder if he knew if I go over there and fuck with him he's going to start swinging on me and on the day that his lawyer warned him to stay away from me this is going to back him the fuck off yeah could be um or put him in legal hot water himself right turn it around on yeah. him that way yeah yeah because uh, he definitely got in legal hot water from time to time and justified oh for sure especially in that late the later parts of justified so but clem's also out of his mind if he thinks this is going to back Raylan anywhere off right Right. And like also right, like I hate to bear. tell the bad guys the worst thing that can happen to you is Raylan losing his badge cuz then he's just going to uh-huh. kill you. And he'll probably <laughs> go to jail, but he won't like yeah, once let Raylan loses his badge, then he gets mm-hmm. really scary. Yeah. Uh no, it, I mean regardless of what Carolyn has told him about Raylan, I, I still think this is another case of him stepping into a situation he doesn't quite understand. Oh, for sure. He's underestimating He does not get fuck. Raylan. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks he's just another chump, right? That he can bully and manipulate and coerce mm-hmm. and get one over on. No, he's super eh. arrogant. Yeah, we'll see how that works out for him. Why do you think Willa cries? Yeah, Willa sees him beat Clem and starts crying. Uh, that was a question I had. Is it is she sorry for not listening and getting into a situation that could have been very bad for all of them, or perhaps she's scared of watching her father beat? somebody uh so viciously i think the way she took the shotgun blast in the first episode in stride like completely unfazed makes me think Mm -hmm. the latter theory is not like the fact that she's traumatized by seeing raylan do violence i think it's the former that that like oh my god i was being uh i was i was fucking around with my dad and not picking up the signals and thinking I was the coolest person in the room and now this has happened mm-hmm. it's because, and I could have died this is my fault I, I think that's what's happening yeah I was living the carefree 
15 year old civilian life when I should have been listening to my dad and living the constantly in hot water cop life. Uh, I did love the shot where they like glued a uh, a GoPro to the inside of the revolving door so that you got (laughs) Raylan shoving the guy's face in from the door's perspective as it spins around. That's that's Uh a really that's that's whoever came up that shot. Great fucking idea, Mm because I imagine it's cheap to pull off and it, it was really arresting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I I don't know where we go from here. That's the end of the episode. Um, I'm curious to see if there will be some repercussions for beating Clem in the street here. There was no one around to see it, but who knows? There certainly will. And we saw the railing was kind of looking. I I think that you're going to see some CCTV. That swanky yeah. hotel's got some cameras, and you would uh, think so. Detroit in general is probably just and again I think Raylan has him dead to rights and a lot of hot water but him beating like and not just like he went really far with it too mm-hmm. like he beat the piss out of Clem uh, that's just not gonna with with his history that's just not gonna play yeah that's uh, it. well I will solicit some feedback we did get a smattering but since this is a surprise double episode we're not gonna have time to record it today because we gotta get off to the Oppenheimer uh, mm-hmm. We are collecting feedback justified at baldmove.com. I did get a smattering, uh, so we'll have some to next week for sure. If you'd like to give our thoughts on these two episodes, justified at baldmove.com. Uh, very excited to be back. Thrilled with the way things are going so far. Eight more episodes. See how many of these checkoffs, various nouns actually go off before <laughs> episode 10. But uh, thanks for listening with us. You can follow uh, along with everything we do at uh, your favorite social media. We're on almost all of them at Bald Move, except for TikTok. We're Baldest Move there. Uh, and if you'd like to support what we're doing, if you've been through us for a couple seasons, uh, been listening for a few years, and you want to get ad-free feeds and a bunch more content uh, that uh, we keep gated behind the club, join the club at support.baldmove.com. We could use your support. Uh, that'll do it. Justify to baldmove.com for feedback. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.